So we're back at Jubilee Farm. We've just moved on site, having raised £280,000 to buy this wonderful farm. And it's an interesting time to be setting up a farm because there are storm clouds on the horizon with Brexit and what it is going to mean for agriculture. And particularly here in Northern Ireland, the only part of the UK that has a land border with the EU, there are a lot of questions about what it's going to look like for agriculture in the future and questions that we're asking as a small community farm setting up for the first time. So to think about some of those questions and the challenges of Brexit for Northern Irish agriculture and the small family farms that dominate our farming profession here, I'm joined this month by Conor McCauley, who is the BBC's correspondent in Northern Ireland for food and farming and the environment. So, Conor, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. What are the challenges that Brexit poses to farming here? Well, that's a pretty big question. Um, the the farm, the main farm union we have here, the Ulster Farmers Union, has been pretty categoric about the uh, challenges, not so much of Brexit, but of a no-deal Brexit. They have said consistently, consistently all the way along they're not against Brexit per se, but it's the prospect of a no-deal Brexit that really worries them. And they have said uh, in no uncertain terms in recent weeks, in fact, that the, uh, the outworking of a no-deal Brexit for... Uh, farms in Northern Ireland and as you say we have predominantly small uh, family farms, a lot of livestock based uh, farming here, uh, would be catastrophic and the reason for that is essentially that the trading relationships in a no deal scenario which is you know what we appear to be facing into at the moment as best we know anyway would mean that it would be very difficult for particularly uh, uh, sheep and dairy sectors here and beef of course as well um, the the potential for restrictions on cross-border movements because a lot of our supply chains here uh, in Northern Ireland are essentially all island-based mm-hmm. supply chains. So we send a lot of um, meat to the south or live animals to the south to be slaughtered. We send a lot of milk to the south to be processed. We bring a lot of pigs into Northern Ireland from the Republic of Ireland for processing here. So there's a great deal of integration of the supply chains uh, in Northern Ireland and anything that's going to disrupt those is potentially going to have, as the Ulster Farmers Union has said, uh, catastrophic uh, implications and it's really going to potentially hit uh, farm incomes. And as we know, farm incomes are not uh, big Mm. incomes by any manner or means. And of course, particularly here in Northern Ireland, they are heavily dependent on existing uh, EU subsidies. Yeah, and that's one of the things moving forward. We've projected some subsidy income for a couple of years, but in terms of capital expenditure, when we need to build a new barn, we haven't factored in any EU money. And in the short term, buying pig feed from the Republic, organic pig feed, the currency fluctuations are are playing havoc a bit in terms of budgeting and that sort of thing. We were talking just beforehand about the problems Northern Ireland faces at the moment, not having a current executive in place. Why is that so important for post-Brexit agriculture in Northern Ireland in terms of having that functioning executive there? Well, it's critically important for farmers to have the executive back because essentially agriculture is a devolved matter. Now, we do have an agriculture bill going through uh, Westminster at the moment, but that is essentially a bill for England, uh, England essentially, which we're kind of tacking ourselves onto because we don't have a functioning executive here in Northern Ireland. So essentially what we're doing in terms of the agriculture bill that's going through Westminster at the moment is that uh, the officials at the Department of Agriculture here in Northern Ireland are ensuring that the law is set in such a way that essentially they can 
keep the thing rolling forward without basically making any big changes to what happens in the short term with a view to uh, the restoration of the Northern Ireland Executive, the appointment of a locally uh, a devolved agriculture minister, essentially, and someone who can then set the direction for agriculture policy in Northern Ireland because agriculture is a devolved matter. We need our own policy. Uh, we need our own minister to set our own policy. Civil servants say we can't set the direction of policy. Only a minister can do that. So, uh, And there is there is the bones of a policy there. We had a big consultation document not that long ago which set out the shape of a potential future policy for Northern Ireland. But the reality is that has been consulted upon. The cons consultation responses are in the department. But the department cannot really do anything more with that uh, in terms of setting a policy until we get an agriculture minister back and, and that person then decides what way we're going to go locally. Because the reality is what would work for England will not necessarily work for us because the structures of farming are, are much different. The climate challenges are much mm. different. So to finish up from Jubilee Farm this month, Mark Twain famously said, buy land, they're not making it anymore. And so we're hoping that whatever shade of Brexit happens in the next few months. We're betting the farm that here at Jubilee Farm in Northern Ireland that for this farm and for all the others that we're going to have a productive and sustainable future in agriculture. Thank you.